You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcast 553. Just a quick one. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Welcome everyone to the MyMac.com podcast. This is number 553. Now see, normally, because it's right at the start of the show, I could just go back and start over again. But like this title says, this is just a quick one. And uh, Gaz uh, couldn't be here this week. And this is actually being recorded really, really late, much later than, than I normally record. And um, fortunately, though, I was able to twist someone's arm, well, electronically, and ah. <laughs> come onto the podcast. And I've got uh, Peter Birds here with me today. Now, hey, hi, uh, blah, 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 blah. how are you doing today, Pete? I am so, I am so freaking tired. Uh, oh. I'm okay, guy. Not as tired as you, clearly, but not doing too bad. So, uh, so why are you tired, guy? What have you been doing? Uh, I, well, uh, last Thursday, and part of the reason why. Um, I wasn't going to be on the show this week. Uh, I had the opportunity. It, it kind of came up all of a sudden to uh, go see some friends in Ohio because my wife was out of town and my son, Peter, was going down to Fredericksburg, Virginia, which is to the south of where I am here, to visit his girlfriend. And it would have just been me, the cat, and the guinea pig. It was like, you know what? Screw that. I'm going to Ohio and get drunk. So that's pretty much what I did. <laughs> And saw saw a lot of my my good friends while I was there. Uh, hi Dave. Hi Mary. Hi Brian. Hi hi Joyce. Hi uh, Autumn the cat and and all the other animals that I happen to run into whilst I was there. And essentially, you know, because it's about a, a six hour drive to get to Ohio from where I live. So I left early on Thursday. Uh, kind of bounced back and forth between the Akron area and the Youngstown area. And then I actually went down to uh, this other area called uh, Dover, which is like south of Canton. Because when my wife found out that I was going to Ohio, she there's this area that makes this special wine. It's made from dandelions. I don't know. I don't get it. But she really likes it. So when she found out I was going to be in Ohio, she was like, Oh, you gotta go and get me some wine. Just like that's how she said it too. Wine. So I went ahead and and it was like a, a hour and a half to two hour drive on a, on you know back and you know there and back just to get this wine for my wife. And once I realized how far away it was, it was like you know what I'm not just gonna get a bottle. I ended up getting six bottles. I got four bottles of the Dandelion wine. A bottle of uh, rhubarb wine, which was surprisingly good, and a bottle of uh, some kind of wine they make with blueberries. So my wife will be getting totally schnockered while, you know, off this all this Ohio wine that I'm getting because that's where all the finest wines are made in Ohio. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I never knew that. Yeah. Well, and you probably still don't. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's it's okay. It, it's you know, um, and I guess the the important part with with wine, actually, the important part with with nearly anything is that it's all subjective. It, it depends on what it is that you, as the individual, like. For example, people download this show. I don't know why, but they do. So um, that's that's just kind of the way things go. What are you up to, Peter? Well, I'm one of those people that downloads this show, so I can tell you why, because oh, I, I just enjoy listening to it. <laughs> well, it is a continuing train wreck, so you know it's like you can't tear your eyes away. Oh, do you think it's like those when people slow down to look at the accidents on the motorway? Do you mean like that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, it's like, wow, did you hear what they just said? It, 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 it's like there's no conscious thought going on in any part of this process. 
Yeah, they're, they're probably expecting a tumbleweed at some point, probably. Nah, nah. Well, I mean, we, the, the whole thing, you know, because we, we don't get paid for doing this. So if you're doing something and not getting paid, you really, really should enjoy it. And if you're not enjoying it, don't do it. You know, it's, what's the point? Oh, no, I agree with you, definitely. In that situation, if you're doing it for free, enjoy it. Otherwise, it's not worth it. Yeah, now, you and I haven't talked, I think, since uh, the the inaugural in, inaugural release of your podcast. Are, are you still doing a deeper look? I am, yes. Uh, you was on episode one, which you very graciously came on, uh, came on to do for me, which uh, went very well, and... Yeah, one of the higher numbers for listeners for that because I had a look recently. So you're in the top three episodes, I think it is. Oh, cool. People have listened to it. So people definitely like you. Yeah. Well, no accounting for taste. So it's definitely gone well there. But whoop, whoop, I'm uh, losing the most you. The recent one was episode 24. Ooh. Yeah, we, we're having some Skype Hello. issues here. Um, actually, and before we start, I just got a tweet from uh mike potter who does the for mac eyes only show and he has got actually let me put a link into the show notes so that i'll remember now we've talked about the the mac barbecue that's going on and at the same i think i saw this earlier because he posted this yeah so at the same time that the mac barbecue is going on uh near chicago mike potter is setting up a, uh, a like kind of like a, a mini conference and it's going to be called the Mac stock conference and expo. And uh, I will be one of the, the featured speakers. I, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do or how much time I need to fill. I'll, I'll need to, to, to get with Mike about that. Um, but if you're, if you live in the Chicago area or plan on being in the Chicago area, uh, let's see when, what exactly is that thing? That's uh, he says that this this is weird. He he's got a link here. You know what? I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and go to that real quick, and just so that I I don't sound like an idiot. Well, no more so than usual. Uh, let's see. It's going to be. Looks like it's a, it's a one day conference on Saturday, June twentieth. And as I'm looking at this, uh, he doesn't have me listed as for when I'll be speaking. Uh, but basically, once the, the conference is going to be over, I guess around 3 o'clock, and will be immediately followed by the Midwest Mac Barbecue. So you get, you get kind, of a, kind of a twofer there. And now besides uh, Mike Potter, Allison Sheridan will also uh, be giving a talk. As well as uh, Julie Kuehl. Uh Let's see, Chuck Joyner. Oh, that'll be good. A- and myself. So, uh, we'll. I, I. I'm looking forward to it, and it's going to be. Let's see, location. I don't even know where the, where the heck it's going to be. Uh, it's the. Oh, how do you say that? L U E C H T Luich Conference Center which is located in Building B of the main McHenry County College campus in Crystal Lake, Illinois. So uh, if you can, then the address is the McHenry County College, 8900 U.S. Highway 14, Crystal Lake, Illinois, 60012. And if you're interested in um, attending the, the Mac Stock Conference. He's got a really nice website set up here for this. Uh, you can just go on over to MacStockConferenceAndExpo.com. There will be a link in the show notes of this episode. And, you know, come on, come on out and you meet with, uh, with Allison, who's much smarter than I am. Uh, you can meet Mike Potter, who's much smarter than I am. Chuck Joyner, who's much smarter than I am. You, you notice the theme here, Peter? Um, I'm not quite sure what you're getting at. Right? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I, I am so subtle. I am so very, very subtle. So that's the uh, the the Mac Stock Conference and Expo. And as all these things get closer, we'll have more information. And uh, Gaz, Gaz, and I, uh, and well, and whoever else we get on the show, we'll we'll be talking about this a little bit more. As a matter of fact, I should try to get uh, Mike Potter on. 
Yeah, I think uh, I will make a mental note to do that. So get him on uh, in one of the weeks leading up to the Mac Stock uh, Conference and Expo so that he can he can talk about it a lot more intelligently than apparently I can. Well, uh, why don't we go on over to the MyMac.com recent articles? What do you think about that? Yeah. Sounds like a plan, eh? Okay, why don't you take the first one? Okay, if I found it correctly, the first one is the CFSD plus battery wallet reviewed by Wob Wood. Wob Wood. Now, I thought I had... Oh, so, oh, so you pin out. Oh, I have it, I have it. I don't. This is Wob Wood. Messages. We don't need no stinking messages. Thank you, Wob. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, Wob Wood is <laughs> uh, reviews about the CFSD and battery wallet. Um, basically, it's, there's a bit, there's a little bit here. That says with today's digital cameras using more and more power, it's always a good idea to bring an, an additional battery. That is where the think tank of CFSD and battery wallet can save the day. Having the right tool for the right job can make or break the envisioned photo shoot or just any project. I'd agree with that. People rarely credit camera bags as photographic tools. Sometimes you want the camera and only one lens. I find it best to bring only those things that you will need. Bring in a lot of extra equipment just because it was in the case. will slow you down. And uh, th- that, of course, is from Bob Wood. You can read more about that over at MyMac.com. Uh, the next one is the Vision Tech Wallet Drive. This is a review by Pyman Sarnell. My name is Simon, oh, Simon. Parnell. Parnell. But the DC Dimwit hey. and the Northampton Numbskull Excuse me? can call me Sir. Well, Sir says that the Vision Tech Leather Wallet Drive is a uh, about 4.7 by 3.14 by 0.78H uh, height. Sorry. Leather wallet enclosure with an with an integral seven inch wow seven inch USB three cable. It is designed to accept any two and a half inch SATA drive or SSD and turn it into a pocket drive. The internal fixing has a screwless snap in design. I actually saw some pictures from this and look kind of cool, so that you can easily insert or remove a drive without tools. There is a small blue LED that shows solid for power and flickers during drive activity just like almost any other drive. The whole enclosure is bus-powered, so it does not need any extra cables or power supply. So you can go on over to the MyMac.com website and check it out there. Yeah. Well, it looks like, uh, let's see. Yeah, he's a little busy this week. Yeah. It is indeed. It's our same reviewer again. Uh, but this time he's doing about newer tech, new guard laptop snap-on color covers. And and who's doing and that one? It's Pinem Sarnell. My name is Simon Sarnell. Yeah, sure is. But the DC dimwit... Didn't we talk about this already? ...numbskull can call me Sir. Hmm. I would point out that I'm neither of those, so... <laughs> <laughs> so I can say that I think, but we'll see what we'll see what he has to say. <laughs> anyway, to his review, uh, Numitech New Guard laptop snap-on color covers, two-part snap-on covers. These are available for MacBook Airs and MacBook Pro Retina models. They come in a range of eleven colors plus clear and United States flags. Hmm, nice. Separate but compatible keyboard cover is also available, but only for users with a seventy-eight key US outlay. For this review, I asked my wife to choose the color as it was her MacBook Air that would be wearing it. She chose the red one. And you can find out more over on the website. Yelp! Uh, next up is Tech Fan number 205, A Lot of Apples, by Rim Tobertson. Now, I, I don't have a... You'd think I would have a sound file for Tim, but I don't. Tim Robertson and David Cohen discuss the Apple Watch, NAB, digital camcorders including the tape i listened to this he, they were talking about the old tape cameras it was a cracking me up virtual pinball the state of apple's professional customers buying windows 7 to get a free copy of windows 10 and much much more 
Uh, definitely check out Tech Fan number 205. Great, great show. Definitely. I had a good listen to that. Um, the, I think it was yesterday, and I, I thought there was a lot of really good stuff there. And as you mentioned about those tape... Ta- uh, those tape camcorders. I used to have one of those. and I yeah. still do. I, I've got an old 8mm one. And the only oh. reason why I still have it is that I have a bunch of 8mm tapes that I haven't you know, digitized yet. Well, at least that makes sense. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. We'll go, we'll go with making sense. <laughs> well, let's say if you had the tapes, you didn't have the, you didn't have the camera. That would be a bit... Yeah, that, well, that would that would really suck. Now, yeah. oddly enough, um, a couple of years ago, on sale, I got a Sony eight millimeter player, but it goes slightly faster than what the uh, the the cam the eight millimeter camcorder I have recorded it at. So it was pretty much a waste of time, and there was no easy way that I could find to you know speed it up or slow it down a little bit so i still have to use the camera oh well the wonders of modern technology <laughs> yeah well why don't you grab that last one okay we have yes our last review which is sucker auto emergency tool and led flashlight by Ooh, let's see i don't want to get in trouble here because you'll hit me <laughs> no I, I i don't worry i got it right here you say pacelli and i say pacelli uh, we'll go with that, I think. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Right. Uh, we've all seen the stories on the news. A vehicle is stranded and you can't signal for help. There's a car accident and the driver is trapped in his car because the seat belt won't unbuckle or he can't break the glass to get out. The secure auto emergency tool and LED flashlight can help you with those scenarios. The secure auto emergency tool and LED flashlight is a flashlight warning beacon, seatbelt cutter, window braking tool, all in one small package. Wow, that's a lot. It also claims to charge cell phones, which I'll discuss at the end. No batteries are needed. I. It charges strictly by a hand crank. Wow. That must get tiring. Yeah. The flashlight chain charges very quickly. <laughs> One minute of cranking gives you 40 minutes of light and holds the charge for days. There are three magnets that secure the tool on a car so other drivers can see the flashing red light. And uh, you uh, just like... That in itself is quite dodgy, but anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, just the fact... That, can you imagine sitting there trying to, to charge a cell phone from this thing while you're, you're driving down the road or walking down the street, you know, people are just going to look at you like, like you're insane. But however, if you have a cell phone that doesn't have power, you know, I, and this is something I, I tell my kids a lot. It's better to have something and not need it than to need it and not have it. Oh, definitely. I'd agree with that. I mean, obviously with, obviously for those of us of iPhones, you can't like swap the battery. So obviously you get things like Mophie cases or backup batteries. Which yeah. Or or, or the new uh, Samsung Galaxy. You can't change the battery in that either. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. I never saw that coming. Yeah, well, they uh, – and the, the weird thing was uh, it also doesn't have an SD card slot, which was something that, uh, you know, a lot of the, the Android fanboys were always, you know, oh, well, I've got this SD card slot. I could just dump in another 64 gigs of uh, memory or I can change out the battery. Yeah, okay. Samsung basically said, you know what? Maybe Apple's got something going on there in the first place. Anyway, if you would like to write for the MyMac.com website, all you have to do is get a hold of, um, let's see, Non-Gmo. This is Non-Gmo. What's the message? Ah, the message is that your email address, Nom, is Nemo at MyMac.com. What a great message that is. Now, uh, <laughs> we're going to get social here. Uh, over on Google+, Plus, uh, Eric, this we're going to go from the Simon Parnell show to the Eric Diaz show. Uh, over on wow. G+, he says that his beef with 10.10.3 in photos is making him question if he'll buy another Apple product. Finder is crashing and keeping my Mac from shutting down. Photos has ballooned the space it occupies in the hard drive, and Time Machine is touch and go at best. Safari on the iPhone reloads pages at random or just crashes, and Bluetooth with my car is begging me to sacrifice a goat in order to work. 
Less watch and more QA in software would be nice. Well, I don't know what you'd say to Apple technical support if it's asking you to sacrifice a goat. Yeah, well, I, maybe it's Siri, you know, saying, you must now sacrifice a goat. What? Yeah, I, I think he's probably talking to Hal rather than Siri. <laughs> Hal? I'm sorry, oh, yeah. Dave. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah, um, although saying that, it's amazing Siri actually would respond to him because it doesn't for a lot of people. I can't get uh, Hey Siri to work on my 5S. It just does not work. I don't know why. And I, that's even when I have it plugged into power. Ah, well, see, mine tends to work far too much because I'll listen, be listening to something and it will say those two magic words and it will set everything off, even though nobody's actually said it other than the recording. Yeah, maybe it's just something in settings I don't have right. Well, also from Eric Diaz, uh, he goes from, from complaining about the Finder to saying, resolving Finder problems in OS 10.10.3 Yosemite. And this is a link to an article in OSX Daily. And in case you get this bug too, he's got a link here that we will include with the show notes. I want you to grab that one from Clive Hammett. Okay. So Clive had this to say. Just had my Apple... Watch try on at my local Apple store in Southampton, West Key. The main reason was to find out if I could turn off the raised glance. Being a truck driver, I can see this being a battery drain. I'm pleased to say that this feature can be turned off and tap to glance seems to be automatically turned on. I tried on the 42mm spool and was surprised to see how small it looked on my wrist. I also had a look at the Milanese loop, which looks amazing. I was not able to try this on as they only had a small one in stock and my hands are too large, but I do know I want one. A word of warning on those who are buying a Milanese loop to go with their sport stainless steel will scratch aluminium, so you will have to be careful changing bands. I have to. Al- I have not ordered yet due to being on holiday when it may arrive and I would like to read some reviews from tech bloggers and everyday users before I commit. In Southampton, they do not have the magic slide outdoors. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm not saying anything about Southampton. Uh, <laughs> that are in other stores due to the store being smaller than others. My overall experience was that I was what I expected and heard about on Twitter and podcasts. Very professional and not rushed. Yeah, well, you were saying that, that you'd actually tried one on. Oh, yes. I've actually tried on all three. And three different versions. What did you think? Um, the uh, 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 probably the best way to explain this is the edition, as in the really expensive one. I thought it was hideously ugly. Really? Which yeah. Which I mean, the the, the normal gold one's okay-ish, but the rose one, oh my god, it looks ugly. But that's a personal preference thing, because that's like if you can yeah. be complete snob fashion-wise. But um, it felt too heavy for for me. Is the other thing. I had the same issue with the stainless steel one as well. It felt a bit weird, as in it was because it's a lot heavier than the sport one. Because the small, the sport one is actually much more lighter. And that, is that the aluminum one? It. Yeah, and I think that's probably why. So, and of course, it doesn't have the sapphire in it either. So I'm thinking the the combination just bulks it up a bit. But I mean, the nice. I mean, the stainless steel is a nice watch if you can if you don't mind the weight, but for what I would use it for and for my everyday use, I just couldn't do it. But the addition one, I was like, I don't know why anyone would pay for that. It's, it's because just, it's, no. it's, a, it's, you know, it, it, there will be companies that will take your Apple watch and give it a gold like case in both the, the rose gold and, and whatever the, the regular gold is just to make people think that they bought the Apple edition watch. And, you know, I mean, you know, it's coming. That's, that's, that's what these companies do. And it will completely void their, you know, your warranty, but you can maybe fool a couple of people into thinking that you spent $10,000 plus on a watch that may not be good after a year. Yeah. Good plan. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, if a person can afford to buy it, all up to them, congratulations. But me personally, I'm going with the Sport one. This is common knowledge. I'm going for the Space Gray Sports watch. It's 
it's what I wanted. I'm happy with it. And I also got into the first delivery window. So I hopefully will get mine on Friday. Oh, that I haven't, you know, I haven't seen one yet. And I'm, I'm not particularly enamored with, you know, based on, on what I know about it. And maybe if I saw it in person, I would feel different. And, you know, eventually I will get into an Apple store and try one on. But, you know, I, I'm just kind of meh about it. it. It doesn't really do much for me. See, I can understand that. I mean, I would suggest to anyone, if, if you're worried about the money or what you do with it, at least go and try it. And then decide because I think that would be the best way for you to find out because a lot of us obviously the, the pre-order so we just did it without actually trying it on first. I literally got to try it on the next day. But I personally wouldn't recommend most people doing that because they're going to – they'll probably fret and worry. I mean that's not me but yeah, I would recommend trying it before you, do, before you say one way or the other. Yeah, especially try it on with some of the different bands to find out which one is, is the one that you might want. Um. Also, over. Say, yeah, go ahead. So I was sorry. I was going to say, like um, Clive, I tried the Middle East Loop as well, and it is very, very nice. Well, is that the one that just kind of you just kind of toss it and it just connects to the back of the band? Yeah, it's the magnetic one. The uh, complete, like the the one that's actually metal, when you just yeah. flip and it just clicks. Well, I've uh, I've seen the, I've seen the commercials for that. It looks amazing. It really, really does. Um, I don't know if that would be enough to to get me to buy a watch. So it, it's probably just as well that, that I'm not able to get into an Apple store, even though there's like four or five of them around me, to try one of these. Or I might might actually, maybe I would be tempted just because of some of the cool stuff that it does. But you know, just from based on what I know about it, I'm, I'm just, yeah, it's okay. Sure. Well, I mean, that's the thing people seem not to understand. It's it's something that's nice if you can afford it and you want it and it's going to be useful for you I think fine but other than that there's nobody saying you have to go buy it apart yeah. from Tim Cook <laughs> yeah well yeah Tim, Tim would like everyone to buy four but uh, yeah <laughs> also over on G Plus from Michael Cassell uh, this has more to do with me being distracted in the middle of a conversation <laughs> Uh, where he that writes, oh, that happens all the time, all the time. Uh, he writes, I realize squirrel that there are squirrel many squirrel to squirrel tractions and unsquirrel finished sentences in every squirrel episode of the My Mac um, Squirrel. Oh yeah, podcast. But squirrel, would you kindly finish squirrel the comment you made at squirrel thirty minutes and forty. One seconds of episode five five two, where you were squirrel rudely interrupted first by Gazmaz, and then the tweet that you interrupted yourself with, so that we can hear her opinion. Uh, he writes a selection of words generally intended to convey information or meaning, not necessarily applicable in this podcast. And I did go back and listen to that, and what he was talking was it was about my wife's impressions of Captain Scarlet and she really likes it. She really, really enjoyed Captain Scarlet. So, uh, Mike, I, I hope that answers your and everybody else's question on just what the heck it was I was talking about, but I actually had to go back and listen cause I, I couldn't remember now over on well, Facebook. Go ahead. I was gonna say, uh, no, that's fair enough. I mean, nobody can remember everything, but as you should like Captain Scarlet, it's great. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah. My wife has watched all of them. I'm still like two or three episodes away from the end, and it's it's just been hard to find you know the the time to sit there and watch a 22 minute episode or two. But yeah, that's me. Uh, over on Facebook, we still have 147 liquors. Uh, over on Twitter, there was a lot of people commenting on my dislike for the ending of the Lucy movie. And I'm not talking about the, you know, I love Lucy show, but the Lucy movie where she's really smart because she had drugs in her stomach. And that's, yeah. I mean, it's got like a handsome one. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see that movie? Uh, yeah. Oddly enough. So, <laughs> um, I hated I just... the end of it. The whole, it, it was like 2001 redone and it was like, you know what? It's been, that's already been done with the, like the ambu ambiguous ending 
Or where did she go? What did she become? It's like, oh, come on. You know, you should have just let the, the Asian guy pop her in the back of the head with the gun and then just have it so that, oh, she's in the computers or, you know, I I don't know. I, I just was not impressed with the ending. The rest of the movie was fine. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a rather odd ending for that film. It was like, because, I mean, I, there were people I worked with who watched it and they they're all like, that is a really weird ending. And to be honest, it's kind of anticlimactic as well. It's like, really? That's how you're going to finish? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it, you know, and there, there's things like that. Um, like, for example, I was real. I don't know if you're a Stephen King fan. I am, yeah. Okay. Did you read the Dark Tower series? It's on my list of many books to read, but okay. I know people have, but yeah. Okay. I have, I have read the entire. I think it's seven books of the dark tower series and really, really enjoyed them until I got to like the last quarter of the last book. And I saw where he was going with it. And and I'm not going to say any spoilers, but after I read the ending of it, it was like, really, really, you took 15 years to get these seven books out. Plus however long it had been since you actually started them. And this is the ending that you're going to give me for all the time that I spent reading these books. But if you're a Stephen King fan, I'm sure you'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> As he looks away I, into the distance. Uh, I was going to say, I think probably what that was, uh, Stephen's probably there on his computer or type or whatever he uses. He probably got to like halfway through the book and just thought, I, I'm rich. I can't be bothered now. I'm just going to type <laughs> that what I want and I don't care. No, and and you know what he's he's famous enough and has sold enough books that you know the opinion of of you know some podcaster doesn't really matter at least not to him. So, but yeah, it it, it hacked me off, but I I won't give any spoilers away. Anyway, uh, do you, you got anything else there, Pete? Uh, let's see. No, I think that should be it for for at least for now. Okay, well then, do you know how we end this bit? Um. I believe I do is stand by to stand by and we'll be right back. Perfect. Hello people. My name is Peter Bird and I am the host of the Deep Look podcast. The idea behind the show is that we talk to our guests and we learn more about them, the subjects, the people the things that shape their lives or the things they're interested in or the things they would possibly want to know more about. Basically, we just like to look a little deeper and see what's there and to learn. If that appeals to you or you like that idea or if even if you have a guest that you think we should try and speak to, then come on by and give us a go. We are part of the Stoplight Network. Some things get better with time, just not this show. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome back to the MyMac.com podcast. Uh, what we're going to talk about here in the center section, uh, Apple has just announced uh, the, their Worldwide Developers Conference, which is going to be on June 8th to the 12th. And they actually had like a lottery system to give out tickets this year because in years past, basically, you know, Apple would say, well, at 12.01 Pacific time on this particular day, we're going to release the tickets for WWDC. It's kind of like Comic-Con where, you know, all the nerds are sitting around their computers waiting for 12.01 for the website to go live. And then they're frantically click- clicking that button to get as many tickets as they can just to make sure that they don't miss it. Uh, but Apple kind of took that out of people's hands this year and went to, I, I guess, a, a lottery system to kind of like randomly select people. Though I'm sure that there were people who are, you know, it, it, it's not like they're going to sit there and say, well, you know what, Adobe? Yeah, w- w- sorry, none of your guys managed to, to get tickets this year. Microsoft, sorry. So sorry. I'm sure that there were some set aside for the really big developers. Well, uh, what are you looking forward to from WWDC this year? Oh, see, now, 
obviously with WWDC, there's always the fun thing with any Apple thing when they release the artwork that goes with it for the like the invitations or the logos. Yeah. And the WWDC ones had the same treatment because apparently everyone sees an Apple TV in it and it's like, okay. <laughs> but me personally, um, I'll be interested to see what they do with um, the stuff for the watch, to be honest, like what they're going to do with watch kit because I think, to be honest, a lot of that will be to do with the watch. Well, you think that uh, that they'll spend? Well, I guess because of the developers' conference, they'll want to get uh, the developers more interested in uh, creating apps for the watch. You know, and, and but I, you know, I'm not really sure because just based on pre-sales alone, I mean, they had a, a, a million buys of the Apple Watch within the first 24 hours that pre-sales were were announced. Um, I, I, you know, there's a couple things I would like now, of course, they're going to talk about the next version of iOS. They're going to talk about the next version of OS 10. And I get the feeling that this time around, it's going to be less about new features and more about getting the stuff to work that was going to be in the last version of these two operating systems. That would be a welcome change of pace because um, Snow Leopard was kind of like that. You had 10.5 Leopard and then 10.6 Snow Leopard didn't really have much in the way of features. It was like, okay, we're going to take a step back and uh, just make the, the stuff work that, that you know we've already said that is supposed to work and isn't working that well. So um, I'm, I'm not sure if we're going to see anything really significant or anything really big from either OS 10 or iOS as far as the operating systems go. Do you think that uh, that they'll announce uh, any new iOS devices this time around? Well, the thing is with that, it depends whether you count the Apple TV as one because I think there's a possibility you might see something. I, I would like to see a new Apple TV. Um, because I've got, I've got the, the, the first generation, uh, little black box and I've got the, uh, it was either the second or the third generation that was, uh, 1080p. The third one. It's the most recent. Okay. Yeah. So I've got a first gen black and a third gen black and I'm, I'm reasonably happy with both of them. There's a couple things I would like to see, uh, you know, number one, I, I would love to see, this this interface that you know all the way back to Steve Jobs was talking about where they've solved TV um, you know I and I, I've given this a little bit of thought and I was thinking that along with applications now these applications for the Apple TV would be more along the lines of just different types of content but as far as uh, the now I'm talking about the US obviously the the big networks here in the U.S. Uh, ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox. That you basically you put your your zip code in, and local programming would show up under those channels. So if there was something like you, if you like to watch the local news or or what have you. You know, you would still be able to get that without having to put up an antenna. It would just it would just be fed through uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox's servers, and you would still get your local programming. And you could kind of roll that out as it goes farther afield from the U.S. to to show local programming for however it is that that the, the geographical area that you live in is determined. You know, here it's zip codes. I'm not sure what it is in the UK. Um, oh, that's just more, more uh, unless you've got satellite or cable, uh, the normal terrestrial channels are region based. So, London, the Midlands, West Country, East Country, stuff like that. Okay. So, it's not so much, um, uh, well, I get part of it here as well is, is, you know, the United States is just so big that you would you would almost have to break it up into smaller regions. Like if you were living in New York, you wouldn't necessarily want to see the local news for Buffalo or Albany. You would want to see it for New York city or what have you. So, you know, but that's something I would like to see. I would like to see uh, locally produced content, whether it's local sports, local news, 
what have you, uh, over the, the regular feeds as if I was watching, and I'm talking about the D.C. area, uh, Channel 4, 5, 7, you know, and all the way through. Yeah, I, I can understand that one. I mean, the one thing I think you'll find is possibly the sports broadcasters might be a bit awkward with that one, I think. Well, they just now, if we're talking about the NFL, um, the NFL after God knows how many years has finally agreed to get rid of the uh, the blackouts that they used to do. Like it, living here in, in the D.C. area, there's a lot of people who are obviously Washington Redskin fans from the NFL. But if the game didn't sell out, then and if, if it didn't sell out 48 hours before the start of the game, the game would be blacked out for this area. You couldn't see it. And the NFL has finally agreed to stop doing that, which is, you know, considering they make most of their money off TV anyway. Yeah, it's about time. You know, I mean, I love going to see live football games. And I have a neighbor who has uh, Baltimore Ravens tickets. And we go, I get to go to a couple of those every year and just love it. It's, you know, there's something about a live sporting event that doesn't translate the same way when you watch it on TV or listen to it on the radio. But I mean, actually being there, feeling the excitement of the crowd, so on and so forth. That's what, that's, that's what I, I like to do if I can. I certainly find it more interesting than just watching it on TV. Yeah, I can understand that because it's just a different atmosphere, but I can, but, the thing is, obviously, with the broadcasters, I think possibly in the States, eventually, especially with the NFL doing that, it seems like it might get better for you guys. But I think you'll have more problems internationally, especially in this country, because we have Sky, who hold all the rights to most of the big sports things. And I can see them playing very, very hardball on that. Yeah, but you you would have a dedicated Sky channel. I mean, depending on what kind of terms that they could come to from Apple. And besides... Uh, the the regular programming that Sky has, you you could have dedicated channels within the channel for rebroadcasting sporting events or, or or what have you. So if you're you know you're out of town and there's a uh, football match that is important to you, but you weren't able to watch it because you weren't home, well you you come home the next day and that program would be available for you to view. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of ways that you could do it. It's just a question of whether the content producers will understand that, that time-shifted content is, is kind of the way everything is going. And if they can't see that after the uh, how you know the DVR mar- market exploded or the fact that there's so much pay-per-view stuff now, and, and there's a reason why, because a lot of people use it. So why not just include it? in however it is that you're presenting your programming digitally. You know, just don't hold people to, well, you have to be in front of your TV at at 8 o'clock on a Tuesday night or you're not going to get to see this show because, you know what, people will stop watching that show. If they can't make it, they can't make it. And they'll, they'll either stop watching that show or they'll find, let's just say, different ways to get that show where you get none of the benefits of it. Yeah, because people in the, in the end, they won't put up with that. I mean, speaking for myself, because of the kind of job I do during the day, I'd never watch, when I do watch TV, it's never when it's on, it's always later. And it's like, because I've DVR'd it, basically. Right. Which is equivalent over here. And I'll watch it when I can. I won't watch it live because I generally can't. And it's the best way to do it, at least for me. And if you don't, make it that easy for people, they are going to go off and find their own ways to make it easy for themselves. Sure. Well, do you think that, um, you know, something I would, I would like to see Apple do, and just based on the graphic for WWDC, it doesn't look like they will, would be to take the Apple TV and actually make that the hub of your television experience where you've got a number of HDMI inputs with a single HDMI output basically goes to a, to a TV set that that's just a monitor. You know, I, I have never, I've got two TVs that are supposedly smart, but the interface for setting all that up is just so horrific that the fact that I can do the same thing on my Apple TV with those same kinds of channels 
means that that's the way I'm going to go because Apple makes it much easier than trying to fiddle around with with all the buttons on a remote control that that just it was designed by a, a hyperactive hyperactive chimp that you know was on you know, Ritalin or something because it, it's the, the the remote controls that you get from so many of these TV sets are either so busy or so minimal that you can't figure out what to do. The Apple did the same thing with the Apple TV. You've got like a a, a couple of buttons and then a ring. And you can you can get around with it, but if you have to type in anything, you know, you you should be whipping your phone out and, and using the the free Apple TV app that you can get with iOS because that's a much better experience than using Apple's little chiclet remote. Yeah, I mean, the thing with that as well, there is something else that people can do, but they have to be technically minded, really, is you can pair the remotes to the Apple TV. There is a way to do this, but you'd have to know how to do it. And without that knowledge, you are going to be stuck, like you say, doing the mobile phone app or using the little silver Apple TV remote. And I know so many people who do not like that remote because it's so... Minimal. Slippery and fiddly, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually have I have a, a Harmony remote. Uh, who makes that? Belkin, I think. I and Supposedly, you can set that up to work with an Apple TV, but I, I couldn't get it to work. I looked online, got the instructions, still couldn't get it to work because it, it's just uh, Bluetooth. Yeah, you just go into the main Apple TV menu and it has um, remotes and you click that and you're supposed to go for a sequence which matches it up to the telly. It never worked for me. I don't know why. Well, what else do you think that they're going to do with WWDC besides the operating systems and, and possibly uh, Apple TV? Would you anticipate because um, now they just they just released the uh, the MacBook? Uh, do you think they'll do anything else with the laptop line, or do you think they're going to kind of take a wait and see uh, based on just what they've done so far at the last event? Well, the Air, the, uh, the, I think one of the Airs and one of the MacBook Pros got minor spec bumps, well, including that force charge trackpad, which went into the 13-inch right. MacBook Pro Retina. But there's always a chance they might do something with the other ones, maybe. I'd obviously bump them as well. So, But it's it was weird they didn't all get bumped at the same time, though, because they only bumped certain laptops. Yeah, you would curious. you would think with the new well, maybe they just weren't able to ramp up, and they wanted to save that the, the manufacturing of the new keyboard and trackpad for the new for the newer type devices. Uh, do you think that they'll do anything with uh, the Mac line? Do you think that they might they might do an update on the Mac Mini or the iMac? I think we might get an iMac one. The Mac Mini. I don't think it's that much of a priority for them. It'd be nice if they actually put it back to the way it was before they did the last thing to it because they really did do a complete and utter bodge on that, in my personal opinion. Because you'll find so many Mac Mini owners who were very happy with it until Apple decided, nope, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, and now you've got to do it this way. Yeah, you know, I, I keep looking for uh, quad-core Mac Minis, and, and they seem to actually be going up in price now that Apple doesn't make them anymore. That's because um, Gaz has one, and that's quite a nice little machine. You, you know, get a, a, a quad core i5 or i7, depending on its configuration. You throw, you know, 16 gigs of RAM in that, and it's got a, uh, well, I guess depending on the, the release of the model year, it, it's got a somewhat of a discrete graphics card. But for what you get in such a small package, the Mac Mini is just an amazing little machine. I would love to see them take the, the innards of the Mac Mini or the iMac and and make a, a small, like, two-bay tower. And you supply your own monitors. I would replace this, this big honking Mac Pro that I have from 2008 in a heartbeat. If, you know, it, would, it would have to have the capability of putting 16 to 32 gigs of RAM in it and a couple of drives. But, yeah, I, I would... I would Get rid of this Mac Pro for something a little bit smaller. I don't have to have four drives. I got plenty of externals. Uh, so no trash can Mac Pro for Guy then, no? No, they're, they're very, very expensive, and they haven't really come down in, down in price. 
And for for I mean, what I'm doing right now, recording and and, and later on editing the podcast, this is about as processor intensive as I get with this machine. Uh, I I mostly got the Mac Pro just for the internal storage, but you've got drives now that are uh, you know spinning drives that are four to six terabytes each. So do I really need four drive bays anymore with that much storage available on a single drive? I don't think so. Plus, then, everyone, everyone's going SSD have, uh, anyway. Yeah. Well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, the next Mac I'm getting, it will be the 5K iMac. And to be honest, the reason I'm looking at that is I do a lot of photography, do a lot of videos, and I compared that to the Pro, the Trashcam Mac Pro. Mm-hmm. And I, f- I worked out that the 5K will do everything I want, and it's actually a lot cheaper. And it will do just about the same amount of stuff. I mean, there are certain things the Pro will do, but I was quite happy with what I've got for the iMac, and it's a lot cheaper. Well, you can, I mean, I think you can get uh, two or three Intel quad-core chips, you know, Xeon quad-core chips with the with the Mac Pro. But frankly, I can't, you know, unless you're doing 4K video, I, I, how, how do you even max out a machine like that? You know, I, I, well, I doubt I would thing, be doing it. I mean, that's the thing, though. I've tried one of the 5K IMAX, and I've done 4K editing on it, and it did it without breaking a sweat. It was absolutely fine, so... Yeah, well, I guess it's a question... And, why and, it was doing other functions as well. Well, with that in mind, do you think that the, the MacBook with a, with a 1.4 gigahertz, uh, what is that, Core M processor, is that big of a deal as far as it not being, you know, uber-powerful as... as you know what you get in the MacBook Air or the MacBook Pro. I, you know, I honestly, for most people that that would want a, a, a really really portable Macintosh, the MacBook is probably all the computer they really need. Uh, you know, they're not doing GarageBand with three tracks going on with a, uh, a an audio interface connected to it. They're you know they're they're editing documents and they're going online and they're watching movies. You know, I mean, it, it's I don't think it's really that big a deal. I know I agree with you because they're not you and me. I mean, I do photography and videos and stuff as I mentioned before, and you do podcast recording as do I. But the people who want that are the people who are going to surf the web, do their emails, write documents, and possibly do blogs. They're not going to be there crunching 4K video on it, right? No, and you wouldn't want to on a machine like that. No, that'd be very painful. Yeah. Well, before before we take our break, uh, is there anything else about uh, WWDC that you think is going to happen? Oh, see, I've been having been having a nice think about this, and I'm and they usually they throw up something, and I'm just trying to think what it could be. I mean, we might get more to research kit. I think maybe as well. Oh, the various kits they have going on: research kit, home kit, uh, watch kit. Um, what else is there? Uh, I've given up trying to remember them. I just call them the kit collection. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All you need is. Um, oh, I'm thinking Night Rider here. I don't know why. <laughs> okay, we'll have the Night Rider kit. That would actually be quite nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just yeah, give uh, give Siri the uh, the the kit voice. I think that would work out really well. Uh, be careful, Michael. My- yeah. Speaking for myself, I would like to be able to change the voice to things like that, to Darth Vader, to Knight Rider, but hey, that's just me. <laughs> well, some of those, I guess, uh, you'd have to be very careful as far as licensing terms goes. Anyway, I, I think that's going to do it for this break. So everyone, please, for the love of God, stand by to stand by. And Peter and I will be right back. Curious about Nintendo? Well, check out the Nintendo Club podcast. This podcast is done twice a week. We dive into all things Nintendo. We dive into retro. We dive into current games, what we're playing, what cool Nintendo news is going on. Check it out here at the Spotlight Network, the Nintendo Club podcast. We broadcast this live out every Sunday evening starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Check out the Nintendo Club podcast.com website for more information. 
like the perfect podcast combination of Mac news, wit, intelligence, and personality. Only not the G-Men on the My Mac Podcast. Uh, hi guys, welcome back to My Mac uh, Podcast episode five five three. I think it was, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, five five three. Hey, I remembered it. That's good. I'm usually really bad with numbers, but anyway. But Guy, you do look really, really tired. I think I can see your head nodding. It is. It's starting to fall onto the desk. Hit it. Gases tips. Mostly. Gases tips. Mostly. Gases tips. It's time for Gases tip. Well, obviously this isn't Gaz's tip. It's the section of the show where we have the theme song because um, we don't have a theme song that says Guy's tip, which... I really think you guys need to work on. No, please don't. This, Gaz has much better tips than I do. Uh, the thing I was going to give for a tip this week is how to record your screen on a Mac for free. Uh, open QuickTime Player. It's in the Applications folder. And you will see the QuickTime Player menu bar at the top once you open it. So click on the File menu, New Screen Recording, and then you will see the Screen Recording window. Click on the white down arrow to adjust your desired settings. You can choose the source for audio, either your built-in microphone or any other audio input that your Mac sees. You can also select the video quality of the recording, but remember that higher settings can lead to bigger files. The slider below the red Record button adjusts the microphone input sensitivity, and when you click on that button, you'll have the option to record your full screen, which is the default, or you can click to drag a specific area of the screen to crop. The excluded area will not be shown. Once you've selected that area, click to continue. You will now be recording everything that you do on your Mac. When you're finished, click the stop button, and the video you recorded will pop up and you can view it and edit it. Uh, once you're done, use the share button, which is in the file menu, to quickly upload to YouTube, Facebook, video, or any other you know site that, that collects video. Conveniently write from QuickTime or click on the file menu, export to make video file to submit or share it manually. And after all that, I'm even more tired. So my head is nodding. Hit it. That's the end of Gaz's Tips. That's Most the end of Gaz's Tips. That's Most the end of Gaz's Tips. Okay, is that the, uh, the end of the tip? Will you let me finish? Gaz's Tips. Oh, got to find it. There it is. So, Peter, do you have an app pick this week? I do, yes. And it's a bit of a cop-out, but I don't care because I, <laughs> I think it's a good pick anyway. So, uh, But, yeah, it's photos for... Obviously, iOS 10, 10.10.3. I, do, I just call it 10 cubed. Oh, actually, yeah, that's better. I'll go with that. Actually, 10, and it, you know, I'm looking at it, and that kind of makes sense because it's OS 10, 10.10.3 cubed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. It, so- it sounds good to me. But, um, I mean, the reason I picked it basically is um, I like the whole. It's the same across everything. It's universal now, so it's less confusing for for the basic normal user. And there's some decent editing tools in there as well, which makes it helpful for everyone to use, even the people who are not going to go really overboard. But there's some decent stuff in there, granular controls, just like on the iOS devices. And I think it's going to help a lot of people. However, I will say this. If you're like me and you're also an Aperture user, don't expect Aperture because it's not Aperture. It's better than iPhoto, though. So. Oh yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. And I, I actually, I'm, you know, I, I tried it out because I had the beta version. I'm actually very happy with Photos. I, I like it more than I did uh, iPhoto. Now I didn't do a lot in the way of. Uh, I guess you were talking about before we started to record location settings. I didn't have much in that, but you know, all the faces and, and all the rest of that, that that's slid right along with the application. And I certainly like the way it edits better than iPhoto did. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the location stuff helps to group photos together as well when you've taken them all in a certain place. But 
that's not really going to be a big problem for most people anyway. And to the people that's a problem for, we probably have Aperture. For a while. Well, it's, it's, um, it's got compatibility at the moment because there is an add to Aperture button in Photos. So if you have it, you can use it with Photos. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. So I was playing around with it earlier. I found it. It was interesting. It's like, oh, look. So Isn't that special? Yeah. <laughs> My exactly. app pick this week is Easy Envelope from Ambrosia Software. It's $9.99. Uh, if you do a lot of, of you know, envelope stuffing or whatever, or you want your envelopes that you're sending or, you know, the letters that you're sending to someone to look better than having the chicken scratch that is your handwriting and you know who I'm talking to out there then you can use Easy Envelope from Ambrosia Software. It will put your address in the upper left and the person you're sending it to right square smack in the middle, and it'll look great. So that's Easy Envelope from Ambrosia Software, $9.99, and it is available in the Mac App Store. Now, Peter, even after doing this show, do you think that there will be people who still want to talk to you? Well, <laughs> that's a million dollar question. I would, I would think so. Yes, but you think they'll forgive you? Uh, yeah, because you pretty much made it sound like I was under duress. So <laughs> I got Stockholm syndrome or something. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it just I, you know, I said do this or die. That was the hat. That's how it worked. Well, how can people get a hold of you? Well, um, okay. Well, on Twitter, the best way to get a hold of me is obviously. That would be Peter78, which is my username. Uh, if you want to listen to more of me, and if you go back to episode one, you can listen to Guy as well. Uh, <laughs> there's the Deeper Look podcast, which is obviously on the same network as the MyMax show is. And you can find that obviously on iTunes. So, yeah, those are pretty much the two easiest ways to do it. And if you would like to get a hold of me, it's ever, ever so simple. Uh, you can send me email to guy at mymac.com. Uh, you can send email to Gaz, gaz at mymac.com, G-A-Z. He is also on the Twitters at Gazmaz, G-A-Z. This is where you say Zed. Oh, Zed. M-A-Z. Zed. <laughs> Over there on Twitter. And we have a combined Twitter account, which is Guy and Gaz, G-U-Y. Why? A N D. Sorry, I forgot the giggles. G A Z. And uh, you can find me on the Twitters at, see if you get this one, Mac Parrot. Ah! There, oh, excellent. Very, very well done. That was a good parrot. Uh, you can contact Fearless Leader Tim. And uh, remind him once more that he made the worst mistake in his life by turning this show over to Gaz and me. And you can contact him at feedback at mymac.com. And Peter, I don't know if you knew this, but we have a Twitter, uh, a Twitter, uh, we have a Skype number. We do. do. Really? We do. And, And it is ignored week after week after week. But just in case someone isn't going to ignore it this week, it's area code 703-436-9501. If you live outside of the United States or or however your particular telephone exchange is configured in the country in which you live, you may need to dial 1 or plus 1 and then 703-436-9501. It's amazing. Now, um, I guess at this point, this really all I can say is thank you all for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. You know, sorry about that. It's going to be kind of late this week. And Peter, thank you so very, very much for coming on to the show this week. I, I certainly appreciate it. And if Gash was here, he would too. Well, thank you for having me. And obviously it's not going to be late for me because I've just heard it. That's right. You won't even have to download it. You'll be like... I don't have to download it. I lived it. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably also listen to it again just to make sure. Okay, now uh, I'm going to say something here, and then it's going to be on you. Mm-hmm. I think 
that Peter and I are good enough. That I agree. Peter and I are smart enough. Absolutely. And that doggone it, people like Peter and Guy. They do. They really like us. Now there's one. Can you see what it says underneath that? Ooh. Wow. Okay. Give, give it a try. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, first part I can say, right? Uh, Peter Pangjo Simplete no Saba Lo Kyo Se Sabla Mentato Kunde Sato Postcast Kon Gai Pode Tipo Spanish, which should just fly off the tip of your tongue. <laughs> and what does Gaz always say here? Ooh, let's see. And. Thanks for downloading this podcast. You can find lots of other great podcasts on the Stoplight Network, like Four Pigs the Bell Tolls, Geekiest Show Ever, International Film Club, Let's Talk Podcasts, The Casual Heroes Podcasts, Tech Fan, The Deeper Look, The Mac Gist, Nintendo Club Podcast, and Three Geeky Ladies. Okay. Uh, that's always fun. I did German at school, so it's a completely different language. <laughs> I'm sorry? I, when I did language at school, I did German, so Spanish is a bit of a throw-off. Well, it's weird because I took, I took both. I took um, my freshman year in high school, I took German, but I didn't learn anything because our teacher was just so freaking hot. Oh, she was gorgeous. Fraulein Fascinelli. Ooh. <laughs> She was, yeah, that's always a problem. It's always a problem with language teachers when they're like that. It's like I'm not going to learn anything. Yeah, ah, but great eye candy. And then uh, I had Spanish the next year, and I didn't learn anything there either, which is weird because I actually have a Spanish sister-in-law, and I have a Cuban sister-in-law, and of course, all of you know their various siblings all speak Spanish with with uh, since their mothers were native Spanish speakers. I didn't learn a bit of Spanish because I did not get along with my Spanish teacher. She hated me and kind of made it well known probably in the first week that uh, class was there. She used to call me Guy Surly, which just used to hack me off. <sighs> yeah, I can do? imagine. Yeah, and every day I'd tell her, it's Searle, it's Searle. And her name was Bush. So like halfway through the year, I said, here, Miss Bushy. <laughs> she looked at me and she said, it's Bush. I said, it's Searle. Yeah, for all the good that did me. Uh, I might have to just start doing Gollum voices if it gets too bad to get my own back. It creeps people out. <laughs> I just walk up behind them and go, hello, precious hellos. Can't be, can't be any better or any worse than my Yoda voice. <laughs> precious it is. <laughs> oh dear. See, I always, I always tend to do it when it's really dark, though. So I'll just come up behind someone and say it. it scares the hell out of people. 